You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 29. Mitch, what edition? Uh, I'm going to call it the Brock Dolfo edition. Ooh, a combo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the power couple, Jay, uh, Jay Pondolfo <laughs> and Brock Nelson. Both Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. The list of anything that is a duo. My shoes, this pair of socks over here. <laughs> Literally anything that comes in twos. <laughs> Twinkies. Oh, God. Amazing. Okay. So I did my research, peeps. I did my research. Although, like, it's hard... To not remember that Brock Nelson is number 29. No, but I think it might be fitting that it's the Brock Nelson slash J. Pandolfo. What is it? Brock Dolfo? Yes. The Brock Dolfo edition is this edition because it's going to be a little bit of a depressing show, but it's okay. <laughs> we're going to get through it together. I we're tried be, not to fine. spit my water on my computer there. <laughs> Mitchell was just projectile spat his water all over his computer, which would have been really funny. Um, but anyway, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. Mitch, it's off the rails. Oh my God, it's off. It's off the rails and careening into like the, the deep crevasse of the end of like to nothingness. Like it's oh my god! I don't because it's going nowhere. It's literally going nowhere, right? Yeah, I mean they've lost seven in a row in their uh. last four since the last time we talked. They are o two and two, six points out of a playoff spot. It's turn out the lights. Party's over. Well, so when I say it's going nowhere, I I mean like there's no direction in, oh, in so much as that they're right there in the middle where. If they're not in a playoff position, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Like, let's be honest, right? They're six points back of, is it still Florida? I'm pretty sure it's still Florida. And Florida's got three games in hand on them. I, I don't know. We're, we're, we record this on, on a Wednesday night. I'm not sure if Florida's playing tonight. I imagine so because a bunch of teams are. So, sorry, it's Columbus who uh, is in the last wild card spot with 73 points at the time of recording. Okay. Which is a whole six points off of the aisles. Yeah, not ideal. No. Not in a good spot to be. No, exactly. Terrible. Um, but And they're not bad enough to get a draft pick out of a good draft pick out of this. And, and when I say good, I mean like a top three draft pick out of this. Right, something with immediate impact. Right. Because I, I understand that this is going to be a deep draft and there's going to be players that are going to be good available when the Islanders are probably going to draft. Um, but they're not going to get that franchise potential player. Although, who knows, right? Like, we all we all know that these franchise defining players, like Sergei Fedorov, were drafted in the fifth round, or I think a sixth round, or Nicholas Lindstrom was drafted in the fourth round. I think it was. Like, I, I get that that happens, but you're more likely to find a um, a franchise player or someone of that ilk in the first round, like Matthew Barzal, right in the middle of the first round. Love it. Pick number 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, what's your takeaway from the last four games? Let's get on that now that we've established that they're going nowhere. Um, the defense is really bad, even though they are suppressing shots. Yeah. Like, how does that – like, that makes zero sense. Like, finally, they they went from giving up 50 shots a night to now they're giving up 
25-30, and they're still losing games? Mitch, I, what else is – what can we possibly do that's different? I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I, I really thought for a while that the, the issue the Islanders were having on the, dif- on the, the defense was a structural one. Um, and, and I think I was proven right by, by the sheer fact that they've made that change. But I was also proven wrong by that change wasn't enough, like you're saying. Yeah. So they were giving up 50 shots a night, 26 shots twice to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first period alone. Um, and now they're down to 25 shots a night like they did against Montreal. But they're still losing, like against Montreal, 6-3. And Montreal's a team who isn't built to win right now. Their number one goalie, shut down for the season. Their number one defenseman, shut down for the season. Max Pacioretty didn't play most of the game because he got a lower body injury. Like, this team is not built to win, and they destroyed us 6-3. And I, th- right. I, I say destroyed. They destroyed us in the, in the goals column, which is obviously the more important one. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Right. But the, the issue for defense now isn't structural. They've, they've, they've fixed the structure, it seems. So what's the problem? What is it now? It, it, it really seems, I'm going to answer my own question, it's down to the individual, does it not? Oh, yeah, 100%, Mitch, because uh, they've made the the structural change, like you said, but they're still not executing. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's that they're not executing. Um, well, maybe. So I'm, I'm just thinking of something that I wrote just today about how sure. – um, about that change. So w- we got wind of, of this change. You could look at, at at their shots, but we're just kind of maybe it's coincidence. Maybe they're, they're just allowing less shots out of coincidence. But Arthur Staple revealed uh, after discussing with Thomas Hickey and I, I guess the rest of the Islanders roster and even maybe Doug Waite, that he's made a change. He being Doug Waite has made a change to the way the Islanders operate in the defensive end, where they're no longer essentially doing a man-to-man coverage. They're now doing more of a zonal coverage. Um, And where I'm going with this is that it seems that they've made that change, uh, but they still seem to be kind of not really sure how to do either. In so much as that they'll do one, they'll do this zonal, okay, when the, when the player comes in, this is my area of, uh, of, of responsibility and that's his, uh, my, my defensive partner. But then when that doesn't necessarily work, they go, oh, I don't know what's happening. I'm just taking a guy. I'm just, oh my God, <laughs> just panic, just panic. And then a goal happens. Like that's, I think it was the second goal that the Montreal Canadiens scored against the Islanders where Galchenik was left alone in front. David Schlemko was left alone in the slot to get a, a wrist shot off because Hickey took his man and Pulak took his man, but the, the defensemen didn't do their thing. Sorry, the forwards didn't, didn't follow up. They just kind of like sat there. And then when the left flank was exposed and David Schlemko was left alone, Ryan Pulak just panicked and just went towards the shot, leaving Galchenyuk alone to go to the front of the net. Now, to be fair, the the two back trailing guys in Brock Nelson and Anthony Bovillier did not do any themselves any favors by just letting Galchenyuk go to net unobstructed. But that's the thing. It just the Islanders don't seem to be sure of what system they're playing right now. No, it reminds me. Of, now this analogy might be a little over your head because it's it's going to be more appealing to the millennial demographic but i don't know if you watch spongebob much <laughs> but if you did there's Sorry, a scene when, he, <laughs> when he's he's trying to remember his name 
and he's in his own brain, like running around, like the flames are going off. You've probably seen like the GIF of the SpongeBob just running around, like trying to find his name. But that's exactly like how the Islanders' defense is playing. Like they, they have no idea what's going on. It's just people running around doing whatever the heck they are, trying to figure <laughs> things out. And that's exactly what I thought of right away. Yeah, like it, it seems that structurally they've got it because they, they they've achieved the goal of suppressing shots in, in an alarming rate. Right? They've shaved off half of the shots against in a game which is a huge feat, and that, that is impressive in and of itself. But they're still not putting themselves in a position to win, which is ultimately the goal here. And I, I don't necessarily want to criticize Doug Waite for implementing this plan, because it obviously needed to happen, and I'm glad he did it. It just seems like a little bit too late. No, it absolutely is too late. Like, why didn't you think of this, I don't know, in January, when the wheels first started to come completely off, or December when they had a terrible month? Well, so because for this the, the strategy specifically, it's it's about shot a shot suppression, right? And I, I liked where you're going in January because when we we look at their stats, it's really like end of December, beginning of January, where this this the train in terms of ridiculous amounts of shots against started leaving the station, and it just it just escalated from there until we got to a point where it's kind of like all right this is getting way too ridiculous we're letting a, a, we're letting a game's worth of shots against in a single night a single period sorry yes period um but like we were there watching that game when the, the first time that that happened when the Columbus Blue Jackets were in town on the 3rd of February and we were looking at the shot clock going oh my god i can't believe how many shots they've got off it just it didn't seem like they were getting that many shots off no. watching it it just when you look at the shot clock you go oh my god really is it up to 26 already that's insane yeah it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit so i guess that's a good thing in a sense that they're not necessarily like these high danger chances because you would think they'd be burying a lot more if they were but 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 still you would think just like if you dumb it down to the bare minimum you would think that the the fewer amount of shots that you allow on goal, the fewer amount of goals you give up. But that hasn't been the case either. That hasn't been the case. And and I think what, what is happening is that, or with the difference between the two, is that in, in the previous system where you were getting a lot of shots against, uh, a lot of the shots came from the outside. So they weren't necessarily dangerous shots. They counted because they hit the goalie, but he was able to deal with them. Right. What we're seeing now is that the opportunities that, that teams are getting are being more in a high danger area. They're coming through the slots, and we're seeing that. What's the word I'm looking for? We're seeing the chinks of the armor a lot more glaringly than we used to. So we can see when Thomas Hickey screws up a lot more obviously than it was before. We can see when Ryan Pulak screws up or Adam Pellick pinches like he shouldn't be pinching. We see it more glaringly now than we did before, um, just because the shots are so few and far between. Yeah, I, de- I think that's a fair point. I definitely think if you lower the sample size, the uh, like the spotlight is on it a little bit more. Yeah. So we notice these things a little bit more. Yeah. Like I, I tried to look at the st- – I tried. I did look at the stats, but um, they're getting more high-danger opportunities right now. So they're – what's the word I want to look for here? Um, their high-danger shot percentage is – on average, a lot higher right now. In the last nine games, 
after Doug Waite instilled his new defensive system than it was in the nine games previous to that, or even an entire season before February 13th, or sorry, from February 13th onwards. Um, so they're getting, teams are getting more high dangerous shots off now, um, but they're scoring less. I think it's in the last nine games, they scored 12 times on high dangerous uh, areas. And in the nine before that, it was like 19 times. So they're getting more opportunities, but they're scoring on less of them. But they're still, we're still losing. We're still losing. <laughs> and that's that's the, the, the damning thing about this is you're going, everything looks okay. Everything looks like it should be fine on paper, except for the wins, like goals against column. What the heck is going on here? I'm, I'm out of ideas. I, I, I honestly, it, it, it comes down to personnel at this point where it's just, the players they have aren't good enough to nullify those few chances that that the Islanders are inevitably going to give up. You're inevitably going to give up opportunities against and good ones. It's how you what you do when those opportunities arise, and the Islanders aren't living up to that right now. Okay, at all. Let me let me ask you this then: if if you're saying that the personnel isn't good good enough, and I'm not saying I disagree with you, I, I do agree with you. Who do you think is worthwhile to keep around, and who do you think should be let out then? Sorry, say that again? Okay, so the personnel isn't good enough. Yeah. So who should stay and who should go? Oof. Okay, and we're, we're talking strictly defense, obviously? Yeah, just the def- defenders. Okay. Um, Boychuk stays. Clearly he's got a no move, and he's on the cap forever. Nick Letty, please don't go. Uh, I can't blame Calvin DeHaan because he's been out. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Hickey has not looked good. So I'd, I'd say see you later. And it just makes sense with his UFA coming up. Agree. Like, try somewhere else, buddy. You're a good... Pl- there, there's quality there. It's just we're not seeing it. Um, Dennis Heidenberg, obviously, peace out. But, like, he's not even playing. Um, again, Scott Mayfield hasn't been playing because he's hurt. So I can't blame him. Um, I don't know, man. I guess just Thomas Hickey. And it's not to say that it's all his fault, but like he's the only guy that I would get rid of. So you're keeping Pulak. Yeah. Davidson. Yeah. Like Davidson Pelic. looks has looked okay, has he not? Yeah, I think he has looked pretty good. He's probably their third best defenseman right now. Right. And so like, I don't know. He's a perfect, he's going to hate this, hate this, but it's, he's a perfect Thomas Hickey replacement. I think he's an upgrade over Thomas Hickey. He might very well be. Sorry, Kate, if you're listening. She gonna be mad. But I think she knows, too. Like, she said it a bunch of times. And, like, this is the guy who's playing Hickey out of a position. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, Who do you, you, like, let go? Obviously, Hickey at this point? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Hickey, Seidenberg. I'm not high on Pellick, but you just signed him to an extension, so I guess you gotta you gotta keep him around. You're not moving him. Yeah, I saw that article from Lighthouse Hockey this morning. I think it was about Pellick or Pellick's pinches. It was great. It was a great read. Uh, I suggest everyone go out and read it. Uh, just how how Pellick has just let the team down, but just untimely decision making, or maybe not just untimely, but just terrible decision making. Um, and it's really puts things in pers- into perspectives for him. But I think at his age, at 23, there's so much upside there. 
You, you think that? What do you think his ceiling is? Oh, I, I, at best, at best, a top four defenseman. Sorry, a, a second pair defenseman. I a second say. pairing defenseman. Yeah, at right? best. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't really move the needle for me. No, that's fair. I know he. he does. I know he you doesn't. Know? But. Uh, okay. Uh, do you want to move on to our second topic? Yeah, something that definitely moves the needle for you. In terms of the mercury, that is. No, oh nothing. Okay. Well, That's I know that bad one. Mercury meaning like the the Fahrenheit in the uh, you know in the, the yeah not the Fahrenheit you know in the thermometer. No. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Oh man, we're not a science podcast, Mitch. I don't know what you want from me. You're dropping terms like mercury on me, and now I got to figure out what the heck you're trying to talk about. Oh, I love you. That was great. Uh, so Andrew Ladd stinks. That's what we're trying to get to. <laughs> he hasn't scored a goal in, I think, 21 games? I, I haven't been counting. It just It's going to be depressing every time I count it. We're up to... No, it's longer than that. I think it's 66 periods without a goal. Oh, what was Brock Nelson at? 56? God. Oof. It's a long time. It's about, He has gone an eternity. He's got nine goals on the year. We know he's not worth a five and a half million dollar cap, but what do we do? Uh, Okay, so we just wrote about this today. Um, Again, shout out to us. Um, We wrote the five worst contracts in New York Islanders history, and he was on there for obvious reasons. But what makes it worse is that you've you've pointed out a bunch of times is that you can't even buy him out. You can literally buy him out, but it doesn't save you anything. Or no, much, it's not worth it. so it not, doesn't really make sense to pay. What is it? What's his his hit if we yeah, buy him okay. out at the end of the season? If you buy him out at the end of this year, it's five years at four point eight three million. So you're only saving like just over six hundred fifty six hundred fifty thousand dollars. So under a million dollars in savings, and then for five years after that, it's three hundred and thirty three thousand. 333 like his hit that's good his that's hit. good but that's in five years you said right exactly you still have to get to that point <laughs> it's, it's not it's not worth it for just saving you're still going to be paying him nearly five million dollars not to be on the team yeah for five years like we, we already did that with with grabowski who also made the lists um but uh, the hope is that he he rebounds, and that was the hope this year that he would rebound. He had a good end to the year, so you're going great. The promise is there. We know there's going to be bad years with that, and and I'm talking strictly out as as a fan and not as management. I, I'm sure that they're, they they believe that this is going to all work out fine. Oh yeah, I'm sure they have to. But um, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, it's must be a lovely office to to work in. Just everything is great. It's raining. There's lightning. There's a fire outside. Like, how's it doing, Joe? Oh, can't wait to be. Uh, this is a great day. Oh, Mondays. I love them. Just it, it has to be like the most positive atmosphere I've ever seen um, for them to be like, ah, Andrew Ladd is worth the money. Andrew Ladd was worth 5.5 over seven years. Mm hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, but here we are. We can't buy him out. We, you can, no. but like. His agent put some work in on that deal because it is buyout proof. 
That's a good. I mean, I gotta tip my hat to the agent there. I mean, I I can't blame Lad for wanting that money or anything like that. Oh no, but yeah, it's just at this point, you know, I thought he was gonna have an okay year this year. I think for a while he was at like that half a point per game production. Yeah, when he was on the second line, and then after he got hurt, it was just all downhill again. It's all back to it, which which is kind of ridiculous that. He gets these injuries and he's just not nowhere near the same. But he's back, right? He he's fit enough to come back and play, but clearly not because he's not producing. He's not at the same level. Um, and it was almost unfair to to think that when the Islanders signed him, that he'd be he'd turn this thing around uh, and putting all that burden on to what was he at that point? Thirty four year old free agent? Maybe not thirty four. No, he was thirty. Sorry, thirty. Yeah, because he just turned thirty two. Um, it just oh god he's got he's got a no move clause as well, unbelievable. Yeah, and that turns into a no trade clause. Right in the last two years or something like that. No, the last three uh, much, years. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, even next year I think is a no trade, not a no move. Okay, e- either yeah, that's good. Not that, that it no, matters too much, I guess. It doesn't necessarily matter because like he's they're not going to trade him. Um. Yeah. So no move, no move, and then no trade for the next two years, and then the last three years it's a modified no trade clause, where it says That's the right. list of fifteen teams he cannot be traded to. So half the league he can't be traded to. Um. Ugh. So what do we do with Andrew Ladd? Nothing. We just hope he gets better. Honestly, we hope he 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 gets back to where he was when he was the captain for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and just put up. 50 points on the third line with Brock Nelson and someone not named Josh Hosang playing right wing. Yeah, if he puts up 50 points in the third line, amazing. But uh, that's never going to happen. No, I just like if he could get to over 20 goals again, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Like he's not even going to hit 30 points this year. No, he's not going to hit 15 goals. No. God, he might no. never score again. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, that would be awful. Uh, it's not going to make it any better if he does. But it's just we're in the trouble we're in because we're giving up these huge deals to these players who are giving us nothing. And, like, listen, everyone knew, like, the, the, at the end of free agency when they signed Andrew Ladd, the worst deal of free agency was Andrew Ladd. The writing was on the wall from the second the ink dried. Not even the ink wasn't dry. And everyone was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be bad," and it was bad immediately. Like, and it hasn't gotten better. No. Like we placated ourselves, saying like, "Ah, oh, he did those twenty goals. It could be good," and it was not, and it is not. Ah, uh, this sucks. But what do you? What do we do? What do we do? Nothing. Nothing. We just got to sit there and take it like a bunch of chumps. For five more years. Five more years. Unless he decides for some reason he wants to leave. Maybe that's it. We do like what I spoke about last week with Tavares. We make ourselves so undesirable that he just wants to leave. Maybe that's what Garth is doing. He's trying to get out from under this, and he's just like, you know what, guys? We're going to be really crappy for a while. We're not really going to have a home. We're going to go in a bunch of places. This guy's not going to want to stay, and we'll get out from under that 5.5, if you know what I mean. What if next year you just 
healthy scratch him for the first month until he wants to waive that no trade. That's another solution. She's like, ah, oh, we're not going to play. You stink. We're not going to play. <laughs> we're going to Nino Nita writer him? Yeah, I mean, that it worked for Nino. <laughs> he got out. <laughs> we have the blueprint. We did it already. <laughs> Why can't we do it again? Right. Pull it out of the filing cabinet, Garth. I mean, that's honestly, that's the best I got. That's the best anyone's got. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on and talk about this. Another just one depressing thing to the next. Love it. Uh, the Islanders are going to miss the playoffs with a historic rookie season from Matt Barzell and John Tavares at a point per game pace. Yeah. Not ideal. Woo! Yay. So like we can have a Calder winning rookie. We can have two potential 40 goal scorers. We can have Josh Bailey at over a point per game and still and not still make the playoffs. The play. <sighs> Mitch, it's absolutely insane that they have all these guys at such a reasonable cap number and they still can't build anything resembling a contender. Well, it's because they have a bunch of other guys on non-reasonable cap hits. Lad. Clutter, Lad, exactly. So, okay, let's restructure those three contracts based off of what they're producing now. And I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily fair for Andrew Ladd because that's a free agent deal, but um, and you're going to pay to bring free agents in. So let's even just look at the Cal Clutter by Casey Zizekas deal. Sure, you start restructure those to like what they they should be earning. Let's say two million a piece. Can we not say that's fair? Yeah, I might even be a little generous. I, I'm going to say let's take two million for Cal, two point five for Casey. I don't know why okay. Cal's making more. I guess leadership is worth something. I don't. I don't understand, but apparently it is. Uh, even though Casey Zekas is obviously the better player, uh, like Casey went from a, a million dollars a season to three point three five. That's a you huge probably jump. You probably could have. I think he probably would again, I'm not in his head, but if you gave him just a bump up to two million, right. double the salary, I think that would have been a fair jump. And like it's not that the Islanders don't have space. They still have a little bit of space on the on the cap. But you're giving them another with those two deals another three million dollars. They're up to four point five. You're up to four point five million dollars. That's well, Nikolai Kuliman at his prime. That's um better than Anders Lee right now in terms of cap hit. It's yeah. 90% of a Tavares. <laughs> like, come on here. That's a lot of space to get you a guy, I, I would assume, on the back Another end. defenseman. Exactly. A $4.5 million defenseman, potentially. That's huge. Well, may- maybe not, actually. You know what? Like, that's a Chris Russell right now, unfortunately. Mm. So, you know what? Maybe we're better off. Maybe this is the best. Maybe this is the best that we can do. No, no, it don't do be. it, Mitch. Don't do it. No, stop. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Don't, don't spin zone it. I no. can't. No, I can't listen to that. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to waste these seasons. Uh, my question for you then is that. Sure. Is this a problem? Like, is this an issue of. Yes. This, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my question is going to be, is this a, just a one-off or is this a problem of con- of construction? And your answer is clearly the construction issue. Oh, it's 100% construction. Yeah. It's clearly construction. 
they have because they have too many team friendly deals to still be this bad. Right. Exactly. Like even Josh Bailey into next year has a team friendly deal. Yeah. And for for the next six years. It's just clutter, Casey. I call him clutter like he's my friend. He's not. Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas, unfriendly deals. And and look, I, I don't blame them for signing it. If Gar Snow's gonna be dumb enough to give him that money, well, as a player, I'm gonna sign that because that's guaranteed money. Heck yeah, I'm gonna sign that. So I don't, but I don't you, it just, even with Clutter, the year before he got the extension, he scored 15 goals. Yeah. I think they were expecting like, oh, okay, this is the player that he's he's going to be now. He's going to score a bunch of clutch goals, be an agitator and stuff like that. But now he doesn't score a lick anymore. His hits are going way down. If you look, uh, I think he has 203 hits this year. Uh, in 2014-15, he had 343. So, like, it, it's declining fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sezikis has had health issues the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. It's not good. It's not good. Like if if, if Clutterbuck can hit that like 2010-2011 where he was putting up 34 points with the Minnesota Wild, I'll give him that, that money. That's it. Well, I'll give I won't. I don't have $3.5 million to give him. Um, but if I did, I would. That's worth it at that point. But when he's putting up, well, he's on pace for, let's, I'm going to say it's 25 points a season. He's 17 points in 62 games, 17 divided by 62. He's averaging at 0.27 points per game times, they've played 67 games this year, right? Yes. So, times 77. That did nothing. 20 point seven nine points so 21 points which is better than last season but he was out for a big chunk of last season right in that 2010 2011 year he also had 336 hits too so like he's earnings his money there uh and it's just right. falling off a cliff like you're saying so we're, we're, we're obviously overpaying him which is impacting our ability to do everything else. It's, it's a clear construction issue because he didn't... It's not like they traded for this contract and Garth is the new GM on the block going, oh, I'm, I'm just having to deal with the pieces that I've got. This is what he's assembled. This is what he's put together over 12 years. And you want to look at a team that's always in the mix and always a contender? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Look at their mm-hmm. how they pay their forwards. The only three that make significant money are Malkin, Kessel, and Crosby. Everyone else is making under $5 million. That's a forward. How many of them year. are making less than a million? Ooh. All right. Give me is two it a lot? Seconds. Because I'll, I'll van for you. You look at the Chicago Blackhawks. They have, I think it's three or four players making over a million dollars. And that's not going well for them now. So I, I, those four players would be uh, obviously Taves, Kane, Anisimov, and I'm going to forget who the last one. It was Richard Panic before they traded him. So obviously not Richard Panic anymore. Do you have that number? Uh, how, who's under a million? Yes. Okay, so uh, you have Carter Rowney, Tom Kunakel, Brian Rust, Dominic Simon, Jake Gunsel, yeah. uh, Zach Aston Reese, and that's it. Okay. So you look at the Blackhawks, they have, like I said, they have five. They have Taves, Kane, Saad, Anisimov, and Duclair now who's making 1.2. But other than that, everyone else is making less than a million dollars. That's two, four, six, seven forwards of their 12 
that are making less than a million dollars. And that's not necessarily wow. working for them. But when you look at the pens, that's working. But then again, you got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Only one of them is a hundred best player in, in, ever, but you know, that shouldn't necessarily be the case. Um, but you look at their fourth line and so one, two, they, they got a lot more, but you look at, you look at those numbers and you got 2 million, 3 million, you got a lot of $3 million deals. You have like the Islanders have way more than that on the books right now. Yeah. That's a problem. That's why I don't like extending guys like Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick for five. Cause now like you're locked in with these guys yeah, forever and you can't make any changes. But but remember like you're, you're not locking yourself in at like Cal Clutterbuck in cases of Zeke's money. True. You're locking in at 1.6 or 1.4. That's nothing much. Mm-hmm. Right. So like really that I'm, I, I, that's why I like it because you're locking yourself in at such a low number. You lock yourself in at 3 million over five years. You're going to pay for that at some point, And that's what's happening. So, like, Garth is learning his lesson. He's just incredibly slow to learn them. Yeah. Like, with the contract things that we were, we, we, the, the contract piece we put up today, you look at the Yashin deal. I know he didn't sign it, but he was around after, well afterwards. You know, he was there for the buyout. So he knew, like, okay, well, we can't sign a deal like this for an older player, but I'm going to do it for Rick DiPietro. He's younger. Yeah, but you gave him five years more. Yeah, but he was younger. Okay, I guess. That's you learning your lesson somehow. And then obviously the league steps in years after that and says eight-year limits. Um, but you look at him now and he's still not learning that. He's he's finally seemed to learn that lesson with overpaying for players just so he can get cost certainty. Whereas he's doing that with guys like Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick, but he's doing it at a lower number because he had the mistakes of Casey Zika's Cal Clutterbuck before that. So he's learning. He's just ridiculously slow to learn it. And we don't got 12, 15. How long is it going to take him to figure out how to build a Stanley Cup champion? He'll figure it out probably at some point. How long is that going to take? I, d- I don't know. 20 years? Maybe. Another 20 on top of this? Well, I don't know about on top of that. Let's, let's give him another eight. We're not willing to sit uh, through another day, let alone eight years. And it might just be eight years. Well, I don't know about eight years. That that's me, me dramatic. But it's going to be years. I don't. What are we going to do, Mitch? What nothing. There's nothing we can do. We just got to hope that management eventually figures out like this isn't working. and We need to do something. Look, the Carolina Hurricanes today, quote unquote, fired Ron Francis. They didn't actually fire him. They moved him into a. a president of hockey operations position, which is theoretically a demotion, according to Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Islanders see that and they go, that's our move. That's our play. We've been looking for a, a president of hockey operations for a while. Perfect. We're going to move Garth into that position. I don't want Garth to know within a hundred mile radius of the place. I know you don't, but you won't want him there in at all right now. And management ain't listening to you. No, they're not. And if they don't, Ledecky, I know you're listening. You're going to have a wave coming. Something big. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. The big Matt O'Leary threat. What are you going to do? Something big. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I think boy. You're walking yourself into a corner here. I'm going to I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing every week. I'm going to say, what do you think of? What did you come up with? What are you going to do? What's happening? Uh, what if we What if we take something out of like uh, the Game of Thrones when they, with the shame, with the, with the shame bell? Okay. <laughs> what, you're going to strip Garth Snow naked and just walk behind him saying, shame, 
Shame. <laughs> no, I'll put on like you know those those things that had uh, like a front and back poster, and it could say like, you know the world is ending on whatever date. And, right. Like, people on the train stations have. And you'll yeah. have like Garsnow walk through like the town, the township of Suffolk, and you're like, shame, shame. Is that a township? I just said that. I don't know what you said. Township of Suffolk. 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 I don't know. S u f f o l k. That's Suffolk. Suffolk County. There you go. Um. No, I'll walk around the Nassau uh, parking lot. Okay, so if Gar Snow is still in a job, when? At the start of the season? By, by whatever the first game is at the Coliseum, because I'm not going to Brooklyn. I'm not paying for a train ticket for that. <laughs> no, no, but he's got to be in, in his job on day one of the season, of the 2018-19 season. And then you will go to the first Coliseum game and be your... Yeah, but if, I mean... If he gets fired before that, then I'm not going to walk around. You see what I'm saying? Right. Fair. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first Nassau game, whatever it happens to be outside of, uh, does preseason count? No, regular season. Okay. So the first Nassau regular season game, if Gar Snow is in his position, you will go to that game, and in the parking lot, you will wear a sandwich board that'll say, what, snow must go? I'll think of something maybe a little more catchy. I don't want to necessarily steal the snow must go. Okay, fair enough. You'll think of another catchier term, although that one at that point will that be one. like, you might as well. Uh, it yeah. is so popular. But, you know, think about it. And you'll have a cowbell, and you'll and you'll yell out, shame, shame. Beautiful. Okay. Now that it's been recorded and live for everyone to hear, you have to stick to it. I'm all right with it. Okay, perfect. So there you have it. There's our there's our little our little. It's not a wager, I guess, because I'm not betting anything on this. I'm just gonna be there with my camera to take pictures. W- would you come down? Oh right. yes, I'll come down for sure. Okay. All right, I like it. We need a videographer. There you go. Or something. Perfect. All right, let's get into the longer topic, a sad statistic from this week. Yeah. The Islanders now have a better shot at the number one overall pick than they do at making the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, This is is a team uh, that in November was second in the Metro and had like an 88% chance to make the playoffs. And now what is it, 4%? They have a 3.9% chance of making the playoffs. They have a 4.5% chance at winning the lottery draft or the draft lottery. Okay, so you're in two terrible positions because it's both essentially 97% chance of missing the playoffs and a 97% chance of not having the first overall pick. That's right. Which is actually bad. Yeah. That's why, again, going nowhere, it's just you're not winning. You're not good enough to win. You're not good enough to even get into the position to potentially win, but you're not bad enough or you've been yeah you're not bad enough to tank you're not bad enough to get the reward out of it so you're going to get probably at this point a 10th overall pick which is still good it's just not great right it's not going to have that immediate impact like Kiefer Bellows I think is a good prospect the Islanders got him at what 15 but Something that, like that was yeah. they drafted him in 2016 you probably won't see Kiefer Bellows in an Islanders uniform until 2018 2019 so it's going to take Two years or a little over two years. That's right, and and he's a blue chip prospect. Right. So again, it all depends on 
who falls to 10 or wherever the Islanders end up picking. But the point being is that it's likely not going to be an immediate impact. That's right. Yeah. So that that's a huge problem. Like they sell the Calgary pick, but Calgary at this point is, uh, let me just bring it up. I'm pretty sure it's 2.2%. Yeah. The Calgary Flames have a 2.2% chance of making the playoffs. Or sorry, so- of, of picking first overall. Realistically, what do you think the two picks are going to be like? Ten and fourteen. Um, sure. Let's just do this for fun. Um, vamp about what you think is going to happen at the at the lottery, and I'm going to pull up the uh, the simulator and run a simulator as we speak. Okay i I would be shocked if the Islanders got any picks in the top ten. I think they're both going to be in the low to mid-teens, obviously, because I think they're both going to be lottery picks. I don't think Calgary makes the playoffs. The Islanders certainly aren't going to make the playoffs. I would love if they somehow miraculously got into the top five, but again, it depends on who's making that selection because they haven't had much luck with top five picks in recent memory. But all things considered, it's likely going to be in the low teens would be my guess. Right. Okay. So I'm doing the sim lottery. Boom. Oh, what? Come on now. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers win the draft. Shocker. <laughs> Could you imagine that if they actually won the draft? Oh, the Islanders draft 13th because the Edmonton Oilers moved up four spots and the uh, Detroit Red Wings move up five spots to draft second overall. So that pushes the Islanders back. Sorry, they draft 10th. They draft 10th, and then the draft. 13th pick is the um, the Calgary pick. So 10 and 13. What did, I said 10 and 14 before. I was pretty damn close. You're pretty damn close. Yeah, 10 and 13 is what I've got here. Um, I don't know how many times it, it takes to get me an Islanders in, in like the top three, but I've just done it. There we go. Top three pick after seven. Or sorry, four, four times I've hit it, and they've moved up seven spots to the number three overall. I like that one. So that's pretty good. A number three overall pick, that might be immediate impact. That might be. They would pick here Philip Zadina from the Czech Republic. Or, sorry, he's a Czech Republic resident, but he's playing for Halifax right now. He's the center left wing, right? Yes. Six feet, 190 pounds. He is... Oh, is he a big guy? It might take him nine years to develop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call him big at six feet. But 75 points in 53 games. 40 goals, 35 Mm. assists. I like that. Pretty damn good. I like that. Sign me up. Sign me up. Um, Third line center. But that's that's super hopeful, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Like, it doesn't look good for the Islanders right now because they're not good enough to win and they're not bad enough to lose. As in, first overall pick. Stuck in mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. Like, do you think they can get Dallin? Like, do you think, th- like on, on draft nice. day, what what are, what is your odds, or what do you, what do you think are the odds the Islanders get him? Obviously, it's twenty two or it's four point five percent. But do you, do you think what part? How much of you is hopeful that they get him? I stumbled through that question. I have no hope that they end up okay. getting them. Nor do I. I don't so think they... are you going to watch, apparently the draft is going to, or the lottery 
the draft lottery is going to be on April 28th. Are you going to sit to watch it, or are you just going to kind of like skim Twitter around the time that it's going on? Um, I might. What day of the week is it? Oh, I haven't looked that up yet. Okay, so it's a Saturday. I will probably watch it. The NFL draft, I believe, is that weekend too, and I've been into that. So I'm, I, I'll probably be flipping back and forth. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it because I've got nothing better to do with my life. Um, <laughs> That's you have two kids, Mitch. Don't say that. No, I, no, we'll probably sit down and watch it just because that's usually what I do. Um, and get excited. I, I'm going to get excited. The fact that the Islanders have two balls potentially in the mix, I'm, I'm well involved. I'm, I'm super down. I, I'm what if, so hopeful to get it. What if they got one and two? Oh my god, that would make my life. Uh, if they got one and two, do do you think that's enough to make them like a legit contender just off those two picks? I got a better question for you. If they oh, get okay. one and two, is Garth Snow GM for life? But I, he would have dumb lucked into it, though. I don't. I matter. don't think they care. You look at a, like a list of accomplishments, and one of them is picking John Tavares first overall. Yeah, I'll pick the yeah. first ever exceptional player in the CHL. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I. you have a point. Like Peter Chiarelli, list of accomplishments, drafted Connor McDavid. Well, that wasn't too effing hard to do, now was it? A sheep could have done that. I could have probably done that. You could have definitely done that. I know you're American, but you wouldn't have taken Jack Eichel first overall. Come on. No, I definitely want my boy McDavid. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, okay. I th- if if they're one two, yeah, he's probably GM for eternity. Yeah, like Kim Jong Un type of rule, like the dear <laughs> dear ruler, um, Gar Snow. We just have to like bow down to him and just be like, <laughs> always have pictures in our house for him. <laughs> like at certain times throughout the day, we have to like stop what we're doing and like bless ourselves to him or something you know just like that's something right. just like pra- praise cars <laughs> now <laughs> oh lord that's not a world i want to think about no i just ran the draft i'm just clicking now another like 10 times and we've we've hit number three another twi- twice now not that that really mm-hmm. means anything here's a second overall for us oh okay it's it's so our, going for well. the odds what oh, are you seeing most cases first overall Yes. Woo! How many times do you think that took? If you had to do the estimated <laughs> well, amount of I think I clicks. clicked it 15 times. I got in the top three, including this first overall, probably four times. I'll take those odds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a gambling man, but I'll take those odds, baby. So that's looking pretty good for us right now. Although Edmonton Oilers m- almost have the time number one well, or two pick. But anyway. Philly, Philly last year yeah. moved up big, right? Moved up big. So... Who knows how it happens? Two chances. Yeah, there you go. Second overall already. Again, I'm going to stop doing this because this is, I'm going to click on this all night. The, the whole podcast is just going to be us <laughs> clicking and be like, oh, live reaction oh, of Mitch clicking. <laughs> Jot it down, Matt. Second overall. Uh, yeah, just write down the number of times. Oh, God. We have a problem. Yeah, we have a problem. Um, Anything else on playoffs and draft implications? Oh. <sighs> Not really. It's just, it's disappointing after last year that we got a point away and we're kind of like, yes, next year. Next year is going to be the year. And this year's even worse than that. 
Oh, it's much worse. I thought this would really be, especially early on with how strong the offense was cooking and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought, all right, this is the year to go all in and everything. Like, make a deadline move, get somebody else in here, and go on a run this year before Tavares makes a ton of money, before you have to pay Lee, before you have to pay Bailey. And it all kind of fell apart. Yeah, definitely. So, we'll see. Speaking of, speaking of falling apart, Mitch, I think it's time... I think it's time to pull the plug. I think we got to say our final goodbyes to the 2017-2018 season. Pronounce them dead. Eulogy time. Do you have one prepared? Do you want me to do mine? Yes, I'm just I'm finishing up my last sentence here. All right. All right. So you want, you want me to read mine as you finish up your final thoughts on this season? I'm done. Go for it. Okay. Here lies the 2017-2018 New York Islanders. We could not withstand the poorly constructed frame that crumbled so swiftly. One injury to Calvin DeHaan, and it was all but over. <laughs> Stellar Hell seasons yeah. from Matt Barzell, John Tavares, and Josh Bailey couldn't do. 2017-2018 Islanders, I bid you adieu. Nice little rhyme at the end there. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I wanted to add one little thing. There we go. Okay. Uh, my eulogy is is with great sadness that we mourn the passing of the 2017-18 New York Islanders season. It will be remembered for a Calder Trophy-winning rookie, a point-per-game season from Tavares and Bailey. It will also be remembered for finally coming home, for getting on its own feet and building itself a forever home. But it wasn't enough to save off certain death that was the building made of snow. Wow, that was a powerful end. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to I thank it. I'd like to thank my parents who are ashamed of me most of the time and my Isles fandom as they cheer for the Ottawa Senators, but you know what? You guys are in a worse spot than we are. There you go. I think so anyways, maybe not. I don't know. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, they are. They both have <laughs> arena problems, they have ownership problems. Oh my god. I can't escape it. No, no matter where you go, <laughs> it's the same problem. Uh all right. Did you have anything else for the, like the social segment? I guess that's what we're really getting into. Uh, no, not really. I had uh, one tweet from YesUV. I know it's not really digging deep into Isles Twitter, but um, P or she, whoever it may be, um, tweeted out that this is our playoffs, and it was a retweet from uh, Pierre LeBrun said that the draft lottery is scheduled for April twenty eighth. Nice. All right. Mark that down on your calendars. Yeah. That's all I had. Okay, so I have a I have a couple tweets that I wanted to talk about today. Okay, the first, the context for you. I don't know if you're having a snowstorm today, but um, I wouldn't bad call storm. it. No, it's snowing, but I wouldn't say it's a storm. Okay, so it says snow is an absolute mess on Long Island. The weather is bad too. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect. I got I got some enjoyment out of that one. That gave me a good laugh. Um, I also had that. One year ago today, Josh Hosang scored his first oh. NHL goal. Oh, see, I that la- makes you, sh- me super you should have done that one first. That one should have been the first one. Just put me down to bring me back up with the snow. Oh, I kind of did it out of order. I think, right? Oh, that's so depressing. That a year ago he was playing with the team, and a year ago he scored that that goal against Edmonton from the point. Ah, oh. God, why isn't he playing with this team? Why isn't he playing for this team right now? No, you would think now would be the perfect time to like call Hosang back up, 
play Aho every night, play, I don't know, Gibson on a regular basis, like at least get something out of this mess. Yeah. See what you have for the future. Here you go. I, I got something for you. And this is for everyone as well, but I'm going to ask you, Matt, and then I'll ask it to everyone and then we'll do our thing. Okay. Um, when did the season end for you? When did you give up Ooh. hope on this season? I know mine. What's yours? Uh, I think it was the second loss to Montreal. Wow, so recent. Very recent. Very recent, yeah. Um, mine was the game against Calgary. So it was, if we remember, uh, the Islanders, the game before, had played the Detroit Red Wings. It was that 7-6 game where the Islanders won in overtime. Um, right. It was overtime, wasn't it? Or is it shootout? Either or. It was an extra extra time. But to get there, they had to go through, they were, what is it, three goals behind? They were three goals behind. They scored four, four in a five-minute major, or sorry, a four-minute major um, to Tyler Bertuzzi. They scored four goals in one power play. They put up this fight to say, no, we're not going to give up. We're not going to lay down. We're going to take this game. We're going to win. We're not done. And they won. And you're going, yes, we're we're gonna do this. We're actually gonna do this. And then the very next game, they lose three two to the Calgary Flames, the very team they should be beating simply because of the fact that they own their first round pick. Right. We root for anyone who's playing against the Rangers and anyone who's playing against the Calgary Flames. Yeah, that should be how it goes. That's right. And like to to me, that's where it just kind of all went downhill. Where I just kind of went, really, after that kind of output, you guys are going to put up a stinker like that. It's done. It's done. And lastly, I'm going to end on a high note. Islanders legend Mikko Gavrovsky <laughs> is it was in Brooklyn today. Was, he is alive, Mitch. He's, he's alive. alive. Um, I saw that tweet. Uh, that's great. My my first thought is I'm glad. Grabo can get out there and because the picture is like he's in like this dingy or dimly lit bar with like neon lights and stuff. And that doesn't seem like a place someone who's concussed would like to go to. No, I mean, I had a headache just looking at the picture. So I don't know how <laughs> someone who has a concussion could actually be in there. Yeah, but. So clearly he's doing well enough. So good, good job, uh, Mikel. Uh, I don't want you back on the Islanders, though, because I know Garth is going to pay you at least three million dollars a year. Oh, he's a UFA at the end of the year. You oh. think this is definitely Garth saying, hey, come come for a visit. We'll talk. We need a third-line center. Eh. I think you're going to have a bounce-back year. I know you only played 100 games in the span of four years, but I think I think it's worth a shot. No, just end it. Just, <laughs> oh, my God, please no. Anything but that. Anything. Any, well, maybe not anything. Because any, anything just about. is pretty vague. Um, we're going to re-sign uh, Nikolai Kuliman to $4 million a year. Whoa. Uh, so I, I wouldn't want that either. All right. That's all I had for the social. <laughs> and that enough we'll to end think that. Note. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So as a reminder, as always, give us a follow on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Give us a like on our Facebook page as well. Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, go to that website, eyesonisles.com, for all your Islanders' needs, opinions, news, analysis, and updates. Mitch, another episode in the books. Hopefully next week we have something a little better to talk about. Hopefully something. I don't think we will, man. I really don't. 
Me neither. Rich, have a good night. You too, man.